Hi guys, I hope that everyone is having a glorious day. I hope this episode finds you well. I will be flying solo for this episode. It's the first solo episode we've had in a while, but just thought I'd hop on here and talk about some things that I've been experiencing in my life recently. Also, I posted on the Rocky Bod Pod Instagram page and um, people submitted things that they're interested in hearing on the podcast and someone mentioned something about um, the licensing process for a licensed professional counselor, um, which I am in the process of obtaining my license for. So I thought I would just go over kind of what that's looked like for me. Um, It's been a shit show. It is not a fun experience. So I'll definitely talk about that in this. Um, But yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking with this chat today. Um, For those of you who are new, welcome. I'm so happy that you've landed here. I'm Hayden Mitzloff. I'm the host. I am a clinical mental health counselor. Um, I'm obtaining my LPC license as previously stated. So my license as a licensed professional counselor. Um, I'm in the process of obtaining my license for Ohio. That license has been verified so I can now see clients and start my job. Thank God this has been such a slow process and mama needs a paycheck. And of course, I'm ready to see clients. But um, yeah, so pumped about that. I'm also applying for licensure in the state of Kentucky. Um, the Kentucky board has been literally so dang slow. So still waiting on that, but I can see clients in the state of Ohio. Um, I'm working for a private practice called Waybridge Counseling Services. They have a location in Blue Ash, Ohio. They have a location in um, Anderson, Ohio, and they have a location in Fort Thomas, Kentucky. So right now I'm seeing clients at Anderson and Blue Ash, but eventually I'll be at Fort Thomas in Kentucky as well. So subtle plug if anyone needs psychotherapy services, anyone's interested in therapy, um, send them my way. Would love to work with them. Um, I'm pretty sure that's linked in this bio. Actually, no, it's not. It's definitely not linked in this bio um, on the Rocky Bod Pod Instagram. So um, maybe I'll link that there. I'll include that in the show notes so you guys have access to it. Um, you can also just go on psychologytoday.com and look up my name and I'll be there. And that'll also have a direct link to um, Waybridge Counseling, where you can fill out stuff online. Um, also, I should have my contact information. So hit me up on there if you're in need of therapy. Um, also, disclaimer, this podcast is not therapy. We will definitely be talking about therapeutic things, but this is not a substitute for therapy. So go do your own work. Um, this is obviously great in conjunction to therapy. This is great if you don't have the means or resources to go to therapy, but please go to therapy. Everyone needs therapy. Um, so yeah, there's that disclaimer. Also disclaimer, I am not an expert by any means. Um, I have a master's in clinical mental health counseling, so I'm educated on the topic. I've experienced a lot of these things firsthand. So I'm talking from firsthand experience and just educated experience and research and all those things. So I do know what I'm talking about, but I don't have all the answers. So also take that into account as well. Um, I think that's all I want to say for disclaimer stuff. Um, trigger warning, everything's a trigger warning. Um, but yeah, so this could be potentially triggering for anyone experiencing disordered eating. Um, if you're in the thick of an eating disorder, if you're struggling with body image, any of this could be triggering. So I like to throw that out there. Um, take care of you. Do what you got to do. If you need to stop listening at any point, this is your permission slip to do so. So that's that for all that fun stuff. 
Um, but yeah, so let's hang, let's chat. Um, I'm currently on the floor of my roommate's room because I'm recording this from my apartment and our walls are so dang thin and my room is right next to my sister's room and she's on calls literally all day, little corporate queen. Um, so I didn't want to hear her chatting in the background. So sitting on the floor, getting cozy. This is your permission slip to get cozy as well. Um, I've just been using that phrase a lot recently, permission slip. I love that. So permission slip, that could be a drinking game, how often I say that in this episode. Um, But yeah, so I have a couple notes just to guide me along in this episode. And the first thing I have on there is just this realization that I came to over the weekend Um, So my poor boyfriend, he got food poisoning or had some version of the stomach flu, tis the season. I feel like everyone's immune systems are just shit right now, Um, but was so sick over the weekend, literally throwing up all night. It was so, so sad. I've never seen him so weak and frail, and it was just like demons were leaving his soul and entering the toilet. Um, So, so sad. Um, But that reminded me of an incident when I was younger and I had the stomach bug. I was probably like 12 or 13, like whenever the Kardashians were first emerging, you know, the OG keeping up with the Kardashians on E, the intro where all of them are wearing Cheetah and like Kim's in the front and they're all shoving each other. Those who know, know. Um, So that's happening in the media. I'm obsessed with the Kardashians and I get the stomach flu. So I'm puking all night. I get up the next day. I get up the next day. I'm going to take a shower and I can't help but glance at my stomach in the mirror. And I'm like, holy shit, my stomach is so flat. I look amazing after literally puking my guts out all night, which one, that's so disordered. And in that moment, a red flag or a siren definitely should have gone off. That moment was probably the breeding ground for what would be a lot of disordered behaviors and patterns down the road, um, bulimic tendencies, all that fun stuff. Um, so there's 12-year-old me glancing at my stomach in the mirror, praising myself for how good I look after puking all night. And I think to myself, holy shit, you know who I look like. I look like Khloe Kardashian and her new PETA ad that I had just seen on that episode of Keeping Up With The Kardashians. And if you know, you know, this ad, Khloe's to the standing to the side, covering up her boobs, butt-ass naked. Her stomach looks super thin. I'm sure that um, picture was edited as fuck. Um, she looks great and Chloe's beautiful, but stomach is so thin and there's 12 or 13 year old me comparing my body to her in the mirror. So excited that I look like her after again, throwing up all night. Um, and I'll, maybe I'll link that picture in the show notes or post it on the Instagram, but it's just comical to think of 12 or 13 year old me posing in the mirror, sick, puking. And I'm like, damn, I look good. I look like Chloe Kardashian. And that just made me think like how fucked up associations are like that and how vulnerable we can be to those associations at age 12 or 13 to make that connection from puking equals skinny and skinny equals beautiful. And from there, I operated from such a disordered framework and how just sad it is that our brains work that way or that my brain works that way. Um, so while that's comical, it's just kind of eye-opening to think about that. And I mean, Hey, maybe it was that moment that eventually did lead to bulimia. Like I said, there was that connection there of puking to skinny, skinny to beautiful. 
Um, so just fucked up. I thought that was interesting. I thought I would share that with you guys. Also, I just thought it was hilarious, specifically that ad. Like, it's I'm pretty sure the ad was like, I'd rather go naked than wear fur. You guys should look it up. It's hilarious. Again, I'll link that. But that was just a thought. Um, and that also made me think of this TikTok that I saw. This girl's just talking about her constant pursuit of dieting and losing weight and wanting to work out and feeling like she's never good enough and the cycle of shame and guilt for food freedom when she does allow herself to eat things that she wants. And she's like, I would literally rather have a lobotomy and like remove a part of my brain that operates that way than continue to operate from this disordered framework. Um, and it's just, it's so sad that we are conditioned as a society to think that way and to make those associations. We're not born thinking that way. I'm not born associating puking to skinny and skinny to beautiful. We're conditioned that way. Um, so maybe this is also just encouragement to kind of evaluate any negative and unhealthy associations that you have in your own life that could potentially lead to maladaptive behaviors and not saying if you have an associate association like that, that it's going to lead to an eating disorder. It's going to lead to bulimia, whatever it is, but maybe just check yourself and maybe there are some red flags and associations or things that you may make up in your mind like that. Um, but yeah, so thought about that over the weekend. Um, but yeah, um, also something else that I wanted to talk about is just this little funky funk that I've been in. And I think it definitely stems from not starting work yet and just being in this weird limbo, um, between graduating, getting my license and starting work. And in that, I've just had a lot of time to think. And when you have too much time to think, you oftentimes, look to negative things to think about. Um, and in that I've just been in a little body image funk. Um, it, it's, it gets everyone, even trained professionals, um, who help other people struggling with body image. And as a eating disorder recovery warrior, um, I think recovery will always be a lifelong process. I will never fully say that I'm recovered because, because again, yeah, recovery is a lifelong process and, um, just something that I'm going to have to work on probably until I'm 89 years old about to die. Um, but in that I was putting on self tanner last week. And when one puts on self tanner, you oftentimes have to get naked if you want to put it on your body and you have to put it on in the mirror. Cause you want to watch where you're putting that self tanner. Um, and that means staring at your naked body in the mirror for a long time, which that can be really scary sometimes if you're not necessarily comfortable with what your body looks like. And I'm still getting used to what I look like in this larger body. I've definitely, gained weight and my body has changed in the past several months. Um, so that's something that I'm adjusting to and I'm learning to accept. Um, and in this, this kind of prompted a little breakdown, a little minty bee. We all have them. Um, and in that I turned to my journal cause that's one of the tools that I use in my toolbox. And I thought I would just share to you what I wrote in my journal. Cause I think it might be helpful for anyone else who's struggling with a little minty bee. Um, so here it goes. I'll read it. Um, I couldn't help but giggle as I stood butt-ass naked in the mirror, sopping wet and tanning drops, sobbing as I stared at my reflection. Sobbing as my gaze stayed locked on the cellulite that found its home on my hips and thighs. Sobbing as I glanced at my prominent stomach fold. Sobbing for the poor soul inside that body, trying to care for her home as best as she can. In that moment, I was reminded that recovery is a lifelong journey. Recovery never gets easier, and recovery doesn't discriminate not even against trained professionals who help others in situations such as these. How fucked. 
fuck you, Ed. And fuck you, society, for making it really damn hard to love a body outside of your ideals. Can a girl self-tan without having a breakdown? (laughs) But I win this time. I stopped crying, and I am now sun-kissed. So it's a recovery win. And I just think this is important to share because I want you to know that you're not alone in these struggles. I see you. I hear you. I am with you. Um, And it can happen to literally anyone at any time. Anyone can have these moments. But as a mental health professional, as a trained professional, I can work myself through these moments, um, turning to things such as journaling and gaining some perspective. And in that, I mentioned, like, I started crying for the soul inside that body. And really, in that moment, zoom out and think about the person inside that body, not your body. And think about what that person needs. What is this stemming from? What's amplifying this? Why am I feeling this way? Um, And really choosing to nurture the soul inside that body rather than hate on the person inside that body. Um, So that was really helpful for me in the moment. Also so helpful to talk through this. Um, I made an Instagram post after that. And um, it was just nice to connect with people who have been there and understand Um, so yeah, also find connection, rely on connection with others. And I think that'll definitely enhance the connection that you have with the soul inside that body as well. So wanted to share that. Um, also just on the note of this little minty bee, um, and connection, I was just venting about this breakdown and how I've been feeling to my boyfriend, who's just a godsend and so sweet and loving and kind to listen to me as I work through these things. Um, and he was just listening to everything that I was saying. And he responded by saying, what do you think helps you feel better about your body or what makes you feel good in your body? And while this is certainly not what I wanted to hear in the moment or what I wanted to talk about in that moment, this was the absolute perfect thing to say. So if you're listening to this, Spence, great job. That was perfect. And this is definitely something that I try and utilize in session with clients too. Um, as humans, we tend to focus on the negative. It's easier to focus on the negative. Um, that's more consuming. That requires more energy. And that that's just more prominent in our minds. We're drawn to the negative. Um, so while it's important to process the negative, it's also important to focus on the good. Because when we focus on the good, the good gets better. Um, and when we focus on the good, we find ways to emulate the good and pursue the good. So just thank you so much for asking that. Um, and again, not what I wanted to hear. It's for sure easier to stay in the bad. It's more comfortable to stay in the negative because it's familiar. I've been operating this way since I was 16 years old and I first started struggling with disordered eating. Um, it definitely takes more effort to combat those thoughts, but it is so exhausting to stay with those negative thoughts. And that will take a bigger toll moving forward. Um, while it may take more energy in the moment to combat those thoughts, it takes more energy in the long run to stay in the negative. Um, so that's also just a little snippet of advice. Um, when you find yourself having that mental breakdown, when you find yourself sobbing in the mirror while you're applying self tanner, um, focus on the good. Like, what do you like about your body? What helps you feel good about your body? Does being tan make you feel good in your body? It makes me feel good in my body. Um, so finish self tanning. Um, I know when I was on the phone with Spence talking about this stuff, I was like, well, exercising makes me feel good. That makes me feel strong. 
um, talking through these things makes me feel good. Connection makes me feel good. Um, realizing that there's so much more to life than how my body looks. That makes me feel good. That brings me hope. Um, so yeah, focus on the good. That's another snippet of advice. Um, in this too, I think it's also important to think about happiness, not as the goal, like in this, I don't know if happiness is just is like complete and utter happiness. I don't know if that's sustainable. Um, so happiness isn't the goal, but what is the goal? Is body positivity the goal? Is body acceptance the goal? Is simply avoiding checking myself out in the mirror the goal? Um, what is the goal? And in this, when you are thinking about what the goal is, make it specific, make it measurable, make it achievable, make it realistic, and make it timely. Like, how quickly can I reach this goal? Can I encourage myself to avoid staring at my stomach in the mirror today? Um, and if I do check myself out in the mirror today, can I limit that to three times a day? If I'm body checking, can I limit that to two times a day? Um, if I'm saying negative things about myself, can I limit that to two times a day? And maybe can I combat that with something positive about myself? Um, so think about that when making goals and for me, I've definitely talked about this on the podcast before, like body positivity, like full body love and self-love. Self-love is different than body love. So that's not the, that's not what I wanted to say there, but full body love is probably never going to be attainable for me. Um, so how can I work on acceptance? Um, and that complete and utter happiness is probably never going to happen. There's always going to be something negative. Um, so think about that as well. Um, yeah, I hope that makes sense. I don't know if it did. Um, but yeah, so now we can transition into the process of licensure. Um, I wanted to put this at the end because if you're not interested in hearing about this, um, sayonara, feel free to leave. This is your permission slip, um, to use that again to stop listening, but it might just be interesting for anyone, um, who cares. And it's also nice to know just if you're going to see a therapist and they're a licensed professional counselor, um, it's nice to know like how they got to where they are. And this also just validates like they are educated and they know what they're talking about. And yeah, you should see them cause they're legit. Um, so yeah, the process of becoming a licensed professional counselor. Um, there's also different abbreviations state by state, um, especially when you move from LPC to LPCC. So like licensed professional clinical counselor. Um, the difference in that is that an LPC cannot diagnose, an LPCC can diagnose. That's my understanding. Fact check me on that. That is my understanding though. Um, so yeah, in Ohio, it's LPC, LPCC. Um, in Tennessee, where I went to grad school, it's LPC. And then when you can diagnose, it's LPC, MHSP, so licensed professional counselor, mental health service provider. Um, so unnecessarily complicated, but I digress. Um, so yeah, so the process. Um, I went to a master's program straight out of college. So my college degree had absolutely nothing to do with my master's program. So you likely don't need any prereqs for a counseling um, graduate program, which is awesome. Um, you probably have to take the GRE. Um, I did not have to take the GRE because COVID hit conveniently right at that time. Um, but you probably have to take the GRE. So Take the GRE um, if you're wanting to go to a graduate school program or just see if your graduate school program that you're wanting to apply for requires the GRE. 
So graduate from college, take the GRE or don't take it depending on the program, go to the program. Um, mine was two years. So finish that two year program. My program was a KCREP accredited program. Um, so this is the counselor for accreditation of counseling and related educational programs. Um, that's what it's called. The, that's what the, um, not acronym, you know, the word, I don't know. You're probably screaming into your phone, whatever I was going to say. Um, so it was a KCREP program, which is super important because that means that it is nationally accepted by every single state and every counseling board. Um, and you want that because you need that KCREP accreditation to apply for licensure. So graduate from a KCREP program um, and then apply for licensure. So go on to the state's website, whatever it is, the, um, you can look up like LPC State Board, Ohio, LPC State Board, Tennessee, um, and they should have links and things to go through to finish that application and submit it. Um, once you submit that, then you will be granted permission to sit for the required exam. So the national counselor exam, um, this is a 200 multiple choice question exam. Um, it's not fun. It's like all encompassing. So you touch on the fundamentals of psychology, um, you touch on diagnostic stuff, you touch on interpersonal stuff. Um, it's pretty big. It's pretty daunting, but it's not that bad. Um, I'm a terrible, terrible standardized test taker and I passed. So once you pass that exam, then you can receive your license. Um, but in the meantime, too, you also have to submit an official transcript. You have to complete like an FBI and state background check. Um, I had to do something with fingerprints. I don't know. Um, the website will state it, um, but it's complicated and it takes a really long time and it's also expensive. You have to pay for the exam. You have to pay for those, those background checks. Um, it's a bitch. It's not fun. Um, and it took me about like two months to hear back from the Ohio board. I also applied incorrectly. I sat for the board exam in Kentucky. So I thought I would need to apply for reciprocity in Ohio. Um, but it's a national exam, um, hence national counselor exam. So I didn't to do that. That was incorrect. That's kind of what stumped the process. Um, but it's annoying because that was incorrect and no one realized it was incorrect until I called the board like six times. So. Um, that was annoying, but be pushy. And because the day that I called the board, the day that I was able to talk to her and they identified that problem, they submitted my application and I was verified as a counselor and received my license. So, um, yeah, so there's that. So now I am in LPCA. So a licensed professional counselor associate. So I have a license. I'm working under a supervisor. Um, you have to get X amount of hours as an LPCA before you can apply for a legitimate LPCC, licensed professional clinical counselor. I think that's what it is. Um, I think that's what it stands for. Um, so yeah, so now I'm working with my supervisor, seeing clients, getting those hours. Um, and then I'll apply for LPCC licensure once I get all those hours. And then I'll have to seek permission to sit for the LPCC test. Um, so this test is the National Clinical Mental Health Counselor exam. So this exam is much more clinical. Um, it's all about diagnosing um, and kind of conceptualizing case studies. So this includes 11 case studies, including um, a client narrative, which includes a diagnosis, followed by 13 multiple choice questions. So that's going to be a bitch and a half. 
not looking forward to studying for that. But that'll be nice um, because in order to take insurance, you have to diagnose. So if I want to take insurance, I'm going to have to do that. Um, so I'm just going to do it anyways. Um, but yeah, that's pretty standard state by state. That's the process. Um, then once I pass that national clinical mental health counselor exam, I'll receive my license. So they don't make it easy on you. They really don't. Um, and yeah, that's, that's not been fun. I'm like, like I said earlier, I'm still waiting to hear back from Kentucky. Um, so yeah, that's going to look kind of complicated too. Luckily, my supervisor is licensed in the state of Ohio and Kentucky, so I can use the same supervisor. But if that wasn't the case, I would have to find another supervisor in Kentucky and submit all those hours separately. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, complicated, not fun. Um, I've definitely contemplated, like, why didn't I just go get my PhD in clinical psychiatry? clinical psychology and become a psychologist um, because a psychologist is basically a level above um, LPCs in the sense that there's state reciprocity, you're acknowledged nationally, um, and you don't have to apply state by state. So yeah, I hope that's helpful. I've been babbling. Um, Again, I'm not an expert. I was definitely in for Um, a nice surprise in this application process. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing or what to do. And the websites are really hard to navigate and it's hard to get a hold of anyone. Um, But yeah, I hope this is helpful. I hope that everything we talked about finds you well. I hope that you can resonate with anything. I hope you can relate to any of it. Um, Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to my Ted talk today. It's been real chatting with you guys. Um, if there are any other topics that you guys want to talk about, just feel free to message me on Instagram, follow the rock yo bod pod Instagram page, um, follow the rock yo body Instagram page too. I'm definitely way more active on that account, less active on this account. Um, but I have a lot of cool guests coming on the podcast soon. So we have some professionals. I have some friends. Um, they're going to be some really fun and cool and inspiring conversations. So stay tuned. Um, also, some merch is in the works. I have been working um, really hard to design the sweatshirts to find a printing company that wasn't going to cost an arm and a leg. Um, So we are in the process of printing the hoodies and they should be out sometime soon. Um, Not quite ready before Christmas. That's what I was really hoping, but they'll be ready sometime in the new year. So stay tuned for that. I'm going to be launching a website where you can buy the merch, where you can find the podcast, where you can find my information at Waybridge Counseling, all the things. So stay tuned. Um, Love you guys. To quote my old therapist, I hope you have the day that you need to have. Um, Yeah, you guys are the best. Enjoy your day.